Support for Alleist comes from Visual Communications, presenting VC Film Fest, celebrating 40 years of Asian and Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander filmmaking, with over 200 films May 1st through 10th. Info at festival.vcmedia.org. I'm Austin Cross. Join me for Alleist's new live event series with the James Beard Foundation. We Are Where We Eat will go behind the scenes of LA restaurants. The kickoff event is May 22nd. Tickets at alleist.com slash events. Studios. Happy Monday, everyone. This is Retake. I'm John Horn. On this week's episode, Everything Everywhere at the Oscars. I report back from the film industry's biggest night. I had the great fortune to be inside the Dolby Theater for the ceremony, and I might have shed a tear or two dozen. Later in the show, someone who should have won an Oscar by now, but hasn't yet, actor Willem Dafoe, talking about his new movie, Inside. I think the audience makes the movie with us. And they might learn something, and they may be changed, and they may be turned on. It is the end of what Hollywood calls award season, which lasts from the film festivals in Venice, Telluride, and Toronto around Labor Day to this past weekend's Oscars, and I am wiped out. But like shark species that must keep swimming or perish, I'm still standing even if I shouldn't be operating heavy machinery or, for that matter, hosting a podcast. Anyway, with a few hours sleep, I stumbled into the station Monday morning to talk about the Academy Awards with LAist 89.3 Morning Edition host Suzanne Watley. Let's talk first about everything, everywhere, and its boatload of Oscars. Yeah, it. in addition to Best Picture, it won for Director, Original Screenplay, Editing, Lead Actress for Michelle Yeoh, Supporting Actor for Ki Hui Kwan, uh, Supporting Actress for Jamie Lee Curtis, which was a little bit of an upset. I think a lot of people thought Angela Bassett would win for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Um, as good as that showing was, the evening was not so much fun for Elvis, Tar, The Fablemans, and The Banshees of Inisherin. Those four movies had a combined 30 nominations, and they went home with, I'll give you a hint, it starts with zero. Um, <laughs> goose egg. Goose eggs. But let's talk about uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. The night's first acting category supporting actor was Ki Hui Kwan's win. And he, I think he really set the tone for the evening, gave a very personal speech about his own struggles uh, as an actor. He starred as a child in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and the Goonies in the 80s, but his acting career was pretty much, you know, gone. He's been working intermittently and then does jobs like fight choreography and translation. But here's what he said when he won. My journey started on a boat. I spent a year in a refugee camp. And somehow, I ended up here on Hollywood's biggest stage. They say stories like this only happen in the movies. I cannot believe it's happening to me. This this is the American dream. John, I have to admit, I started crying. I did too. <laughs> I got I to wipe a tear away. I mean, it's it was so personal and so honest. a touching moment. And 100% true. Oh, my goodness. Well, uh, Ki Wee Kwan's win was not the only comeback story of the night. The same could certainly be said of the Best Actor winner. Yeah, that's Brendan Fraser, who starred in The Whale. Fraser has had a difficult time in Hollywood. 
He was sexually assaulted by the president of the Golden Globes many years ago. That really scarred him. And he's recently been consigned to roles in low-budget, low-brow movies like Breakout and The Secret of Carmen. Just before we started talking, I went on Rotten Tomatoes to see what the scores were for their films. Nobody reviewed either movie. That's how obscure these films were. They weren't reviewed by anybody that Rotten Tomatoes tracks. And he and, was such a big star. Yeah, back in the day. Um, but now, he, uh, you know, he, he won an Oscar. And the whale, Darren Aronofsky film, was anything but lowbrow. Here's what he said when he won. I um, started in this business 30 years ago. And things, they didn't come easily to me. But there, there was a facility that I didn't. Uh, I didn't appreciate at the time until it stopped. And I just want to say thank you for this acknowledgement because it couldn't be done without my cast. Uh, my eye waterworks were activated once <laughs> yeah. again when I heard Brendan Fraser's, Brendan Fraser's acceptance speech. Was there an award, John, that you think summed up the evening in a particular way? Well, you know that Women Talking was my favorite film of the year. Mm-hmm. And when Sarah Polly won for Adapted Screenplay, um, her film uh, and Everything Everywhere All at Once are led by female actors um, and listen, Everything Everywhere All at Once won seven Oscars. You know, the story is a parallel universe story. The Oscars last night were a parallel universe to Hollywood because it was very diverse at the Oscars, not so much in Hollywood. I mean, and that's true both in front of and behind the camera. Um, you know, Stacey Smith at the USC Edinburgh Inclusion Initiative studies these things. It's still like so many jobs, both as actor and behind the scenes, like Almost 93% of all cinematographers are men. 91% of all composers are men. 75% of editors are men. Let's just say there's a long way to go. But Sarah Pauly, listen, she won a movie called Women Talking. And she said the two words, women and talking, put together, makes everybody in Hollywood run the other way. And it won the Oscar. First of all, I just want to um, thank the Academy for not being mortally offended by the words women and talking, but so close together like that. Cheers. So many wonderful moments at last night's Academy Awards. Thank you so much. Appreciate your recap. Uh, My pleasure. Coming up after the break, my chat with Willem Dafoe on his newest film, Inside. Support comes from Visual Communications, presenting VC Film Fest, celebrating 40 years showcasing Asian and Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander filmmaking, featuring over 200 works ranging from narrative film, documentary films, photo exhibits, and new media. VC Film Fest honors our beloved elder cultural workers, linking them to present and emerging artists to empower communities and challenge perspectives. May 1st through 10th in Little Tokyo and in Long Beach. Info at festival.vcmedia.org. Alaist has a new live event series with the James Beard Foundation. We Are Where We Eat will go behind the scenes of some of your favorite LA restaurants to find out how and why they do what they do. I'm Austin Cross. Join me for the first event where we'll explore how restaurants help make a neighborhood and we'll all have something delicious to eat afterwards. It's May 22nd at the Crawford. Get your tickets now at las.com slash events.
Welcome back to Retake. I'm John Horn. With close to 150 films under his belt, Willem Dafoe is one of the busiest actors in Hollywood, and there's no sign that he's slowing down. He appears in the occasional blockbuster like Spider-Man No Way Home, but he's generally drawn to more experimental productions like The Florida Project and The Lighthouse. His new movie, Inside, definitely fits into that art house model. Defoe plays an art thief who becomes trapped inside a luxury high-tech penthouse when his heist doesn't go as planned. He's alone for the whole movie, and there's not really any dialogue. It is a great performance. The film is directed by Vasilis Katsupis. Okay, you got seven minutes. Stay focused. The art in here is worth millions. Proceed to step two. What's happening? Come in! Come in! It won't open! Sorry, man. You're on your own. Let's talk about Inside. An actor once told me actors love to imagine the best version of a film when they're working with a first-timer, and they have to be careful to also imagine the worst version of what that movie might be when they're working with a first-time director. When you think about working with somebody who doesn't have a lot of experience, what do you need to hear or see that makes you comfortable taking a leap with that person? Okay. Good and clear question. This film, Inside, the premise, which is really a good premise and, and, you know, suggested lots of opportunities to me, was this guy's baby. I didn't know him from Adam, and there wasn't a lot of footage to see because he made a documentary and he's made commercials. Okay, so that's risky. But you start to work with him. You work with him on the script. You work and you see him develop the there's one location and it the design is very important because the house is a character so to see him take all these ideas and synthesize them into a design that really worked well for the movie was impressive how important was it also that and i don't know if this was decided from the get-go that you would be able to shoot sequentially right the shooting in sequence was not only important it was practical the set becomes degraded and it is a set because a lot happens to it and it would have been impossible to work in a practical location. And the other thing is we really don't know how long he's been there and we didn't want to get into beards and and wigs and and losing too much weight. So we decided that we'd shoot the sequence because that was the practical way to do it. But also it was the only way to do it because there was so much improvisation in finding the the quiet moments between the big events because that is not in the script and i had no interest in who this guy was because for me the movie starts with him being trapped there you know he enters he's an art thief that's all i have to know and then really the character is revealed through the actions he is what he does and anything else is not important. I, I find uh, the pace is pretty good, considering you're watching one actor. And I'm not bragging here. It's how it's built, you know? A lot of actors love to have 
interplay. And it could be interplay with another actor, a group of actors. Mm -hmm. They could be performing. They could be singing a song. You don't get that. You don't get to bounce off of anybody. You are all alone. Is that a challenge or an opportunity or a gift? All three. All three. I mean, I do have stuff to bounce off of. I've got these works of art. I've got the house. You know, if acting is really about doing things, I'm doing things. And we really leave behind certain kind of tropes and social conventions. And the beautiful thing is, I think the audience makes the movie with us. For people that are freaks about narrative, I think you have this kind of thriller narrative, you know, this survival narrative. But beyond that, just by the juxtaposition and the weird combination of events and things, a lot of interesting themes are evoked. And what those themes are really depends on the audience because it depends what they bring to it, what their concerns are. And for me, those are sometimes, sometimes the best movies because the audience is engaged. It's not a passive exercise. It's really involved and they have a commitment and they might learn something and they may be changed and they may be turned on. Go to Tompkins Square Park and look for a guy named Danny C. He's usually near the basketball courts, usually there in the late afternoon. Tell him that I'm stuck here. No one's come. Do that for me. Nobody here but us pigeons. Right? Right? So, for reasons that I won't get into, I love hot yoga. And the hot yoga room that I go into is about 118 degrees. And you know you're going to get out after an hour. (laughs) <laughs> and it's very important that you know that because if you don't know that, you will panic. You'll and pass I, out. <laughs> you'll get claustrophobic. And watching a scene in this film where the heat goes a little bit high, not to spoil anything, for me was terrifying because it triggered this horrible fear of getting stuck in a hot yoga room. And I think that's what you're talking about. People's, <laughs> people's fears of not having like a bathroom or not having food. For me, it was heat. And I'm wondering if you mm. found that in talking to other people that they bring whatever their fears are, you know, amplified or exercised, uh, E-X-O-R-C-I-S-E. In this right, book. right, right. I hear that. And, and you know, I've been doing press for it. So I, uh, the interviews are really quite engaging. They're kind of out of the normal because they never talk outside the movie. And they really seem interested in the movie. There's lots to talk about. And it's because there are those personal connections to it, but there are also certain questions. What do they need in life? What uh, what does art mean? Is it useful? Is it useless? Is it important? Um, there's many things floating around there. How do you feel about luxury? You see how one jo- object like the art When he enters, it represents luxury, it represents success, it represents happiness, it represents all these things if you're stealing it. And then once he gets closed down, it becomes worthless. 
because all he needs to do is eat and there's nothing to eat. Coming up, more of my conversation with Willem Dafoe. Support comes from Visual Communications, presenting VC Film Fest, celebrating 40 years showcasing Asian and Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander filmmaking, featuring over 200 works ranging from narrative film, documentary films, photo exhibits, and new media. VC Film Fest honors our beloved elder cultural workers, linking them to present and emerging artists to empower communities and challenge perspectives. May 1st through 10th in Little Tokyo and in Long Beach. Info at festival.vcmedia.org. Hi, I'm Tracy Thomas, host of One for the Books, and we are back for another round. This is clearly an NPR audience. (laughs) I think they're so smart. What the hell? My guests this time are actor Vela Lavelle and author Amanda Montel, whose new book, The Age of Magical Overthinking, is out now. Join us on May 15th at the Crawford Family Forum for book talk, trivia, and hot takes. Tickets can be found at laist.com slash events. Let's get back now to my conversation with Willem Dafoe. I asked Dafoe about his films, The Florida Project, set in a motel outside Disney World, and The Lighthouse, about two men stationed in a remote 19th century New England outpost. Films all with one distinct set geographical location, just like Inside. I like a sense of place because it becomes very specific. I like specificity. If if you don't have a sense of place, I don't know, then what are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? In a lot of work through the years, particularly theater work and some film work, the place, the, the locale has been very, very important to me. Directors are important, but the location is very important because it represents an adventure to learn something. I'm wondering, as actors of, of any gender age, the kinds of parts mm-hmm. they're offered change. Mm-hmm. As an actor mm-hmm. gets more experience, his or her or their priorities tend to change as well. And I'm wondering if your priorities in terms of what you find rewarding or challenging has evolved in the last five, 10 years, however you would define it. Are there things that you're attracted now to that you wouldn't have been 10 years ago and things that 10 years ago you couldn't wait to do that now you go, ah, not for me? I kind of feel like in a funny way I'm the same person I was when I was a kid. Uh, like right now, it's been a very good period. I've done very different things and I've had lots of nice opportunities lately. There have been times where I felt like those opportunities weren't coming. But what I aspired to, what I wished for, somehow has never changed. It's, it's a whole package. When, when someone proposes something to me, it's the people, it's the director, it's the where, it's the what are we trying to do. All that stuff is in the swirl. Are you self-critical? How do you know if or when you've done good work? Of course I'm self-critical because I don't want to make, I don't want to make silly movies, um, uh, but at the same time, I don't want to be self-serious. So, yeah, I OK, I am self-critical, but not like at, for acting as a craft, like as an expression of, you know, an extension of my personal life. This is what I like doing and this is what I feel like I'm meant to do. So I want to take care of it, particularly because I've been 
for the most part, pretty fortunate. So I I don't, you know, you want to avoid cynicism and you want to avoid egotism. You got to cultivate, even if you don't have it naturally, a certain humility because there's no knowledge without humility. And I, I feel really strong about that. The last year at the box office, all 10 of the highest grossing films were sequels, reboots, knockoffs, prequels, whatever. They were all brands. And at the same time, movies that had really distinct points of view, with the exception of everything, everywhere, all at once, failed. Tar, She Said, Women Talking, The Fablements, nobody went to see them. And that, to me, is a bad thing. And it also means, I think, that directors who have a point of view, and I'm thinking about Yorgos Lanthimos, with whom you recently worked, become more important. I think there's going to be a certain kind of fatigue. Uh, because of the all the streaming platforms and there's a lot of production and that's great, it, you know, for actors. It's great for people in the movie industry. You know, I still think the theater experience is very important. I still think thinking out of the box and free thinking and new ideas are important because money is not everything. And I think, you know, particularly in capitalism, you know, the problem is we don't grow things well. It becomes tap heavy and you always got to grow things well. And after a time, if you only pay attention to what's hot and what, what you know, makes money, then it has shallow roots and it's like a tree with shallow roots. It'll fall and then you'll have nothing. Well, I could talk to you for hours. I love your work. Cool. I love talking with you. Thank you again okay. for your time. Be well. Okay. Bye. Yeah. Bye-bye. That was actor Willem Dafoe. His new film, Inside, is in theaters on March 17th. Thanks for listening to Retake. We'll see you again next week. If you need me, you can find me in a cottage on the shores of Lake Michigan near a little town called Harbor Springs. I'll be the guy in front of a fireplace with a good book, maybe baking some biscuits. I'm John Horn. Retake is produced and engineered by Michael Cosentino, Monica Bushman, and Taylor Kaufman. The editor is Suzanne Levy. This podcast is powered by listeners like you, donating as little as $5 a month. And we can only keep making more episodes like this one with your partnership. Support this show by donating now at elias.com forward slash join. And thanks. The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAS.com sweeps.